0: welcome everybody to another edition of suave talk presented by dyer's top rod and turbo it's been about 60 days since our last podcast how the hell have you been i haven't heard from you you're mia
1: oh it's been good just been racing a little bit working on our race cars and everything uh me randall and Corey, we're just trying to get things dialed in. We're going to have a big January and February, so it takes a lot of preparation, you know, to get everything ready and move some parts and get new stuff. And we got a new truck and trailer like a month ago, so we've been pretty tied up with that, just trying to get all of our guns right for 2021.
0: And obviously this December with COVID, we have no PRI or Gateway this month. How different is that going to be for you and the race team you are racing in January trying to get stuff dialed in. Are you kinda happy? You have that sense of relief where you have more time to get ready or are you gonna miss those events?
1: C R I. That kinda sucks because it's a lot of fun. Normally that's the Lucas Banquet. So we have a really good there and just get to meet everybody that helps us out throughout the year and um, you know, go out downtown with you and the boys and uh, it's always fun, but um it's probably better better that we don't go for me because uh we can just stay focused and get everything a hundred percent. You know, we don't have any, uh, I think for Christmas, I'm going to go visit playing. And then other than that, you know, everything is focused on our racing right now. So we should be, uh, you know, ready, ready to go, uh, on, uh, as far as getting to Arizona and being prepared to kick the year off
0: and no hot ice challenges. I'm devastated.
1: I know that sucks,
0: <laughs> but, uh, how is it for a racer like you let the people at home know how the off season goes for you and the race team obviously you race almost 100 times a year during normal times what's it like for a person like that that has two or three months off getting everything dialed in especially you know some people at home don't know really what you guys do in the off season
1: oh I mean for me it's like it kind of puts me on eggshells for a while because I'm like like schizophrenic like I don't know what to do I'm just like Panicking, like, shit, I'm bored. What do I do this weekend? I need to go do something. And the Australia deal in the past has been really good for me because really about this time I'd be packing my stuff, just trying to finish a little bit that I was doing and uh kind of leave it all in Randall's hands or whoever, you know, when I had my own stuff at the time. But I think uh this year it'll be a lot different. I mean, in the off season you basically you get back and you clean everything you have and everything you haven't cleaned and you just deep clean everything, polish the rig, go over that. That's normally about a week, week and a half. and this year we bought a new rig, so we, uh, we took everything out of the old one, kind of restocked, made lists of what we have, what we need to get, um, deep cleaned that rig, sold it, got a new one, you know, polished on it a little bit, just been working on it. And, uh, you know, that in itself is, is a week if you do it right, you know, organizing the bull bins and things like that. And luckily Randall's been through about 19 rigs, <laughs> being with Daryl and Park and people like that that buy new rigs quite often. So it, uh. It definitely went pretty smooth. We've got all that situated and like right now we're building we have a bare frame that uh we got a car and it's a bare frame and today they wired it, uh, put a seat in. Um just kind of getting pieces showing up that we can put on. We just got a we actually just got about the last two hours we've had four or five different freight trucks show up with stuff. So, you know, you do that. Um beginning of last week we put a body on the car that we finished the year out with. It was a brand new car. It's got probably seven nights on it. And uh, I just rebodied it. So you just go through everything you got and crushing. And there's a lot of stuff in the trailer that, you know, it's like, man, this is really junk. We don't need it. So you got to kind of make the decision like, okay, I'm finally going to throw this away. Or, you know, we only got one starter. We need to have two or three probably. And you just take your time and try to be as organized as possible. And that's kind of what gets you through the rough times when you're in a hurry. You know, you crash a car or something. You only got two or three days to get ready. You ain't got to worry about amount of stuff in the trailer. So just uh the main thing in the winter is lots of cleaning and organizing and uh, you know just trying to freshen your stuff up if it's if it's old or questionable you sell it and uh, you know try to try to rebuild your arsenal is really all you're doing
0: one of our favorite times though during the winter is silly season and be honest here turbo there really hasn't been much action going on this year so far it's kind of been a weird 2020 usually it seems like we have a uh, bomb you know breaking news but this year it's kind of slowed down one of the big ones is Daryl Lanigan and Mark Richards, the band's getting back together. He's headed back to XR1. I think that'll be a good fit for Daryl.
1: Yeah, that's funny. I mean, it's, it's comical because, you know, Club Daryl started and then they were enemies to the public eye and, you know, now they're rekindling. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. They're going to race each other week in and week out. So, I think uh, there might be some tension in the future. Just, you know, they're two hard competitors and they both want to win and you know that's never a good recipe you can't race with your best buddies every weekend so I don't know it'll be interesting but yeah there's not much nothing nothing crazy that I've heard of that's happening really I mean everything kind of broke a little earlier as far as like Strickler and then Madden got his own team again so um I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing you know maybe people are getting comfortable and you know the people that aren't are gonna you know go on a tear next year but um normally when silly season happens it makes people bust out kind of like overton when he got in the 76 car this year he had a really really good year because he had something to prove or whatever so um yeah it'll be interesting you know i'd i'd try to stay out of it i like no silliness for team turbo <laughs> i like things to just kind of keep going smooth the way they are so um you know that's uh some people like it some people they enjoy the change and you know trying to find the next best deal so it's definitely uh something that people definitely uh keep an eye on.
0: And you have Kyle Strickler, as you mentioned earlier, and Ricky Thornton Junior. Lucas Oil is already stacked enough as it is, and those two are at least gonna try and play in running that series. There just does there isn't enough room for all you guys, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I mean there are always there's always a huge crowd at the beginning and then they slowly kind of come and go. So I think uh, you know, we've been fortunate that we have a really good team, and you know we're a top five points team every year, no doubt. And uh, you know that just gives us something to build on as far as trying to be the the points leader and the points champion. But you know it's tough. A lot of people have tried and tried to go on the road, and you know they just get about a couple months in or halfway through the year and finally throw in the towel. So I think those two will do really good, though. They uh, are great drivers, and you know they've gotten with good teams. So it's uh, you know you never know. You could think uh, the guy that's going to set the world on fire is going to you know take the whole year down and about may june july you know things start to turn so it's uh you know lucas is a tough tough deal Outlaws is too i mean it's it's really really hard to be there at the end of a whole year so i think uh you know it'll be challenging for those two guys and you know they'll definitely have some success but um uh, there'll be headaches along the way for sure
0: yeah it's going to be interesting to see luckily you're pretty damn good at florida so getting that early start is going to be key through the 2021 season my favorite rumor of the whole thing so far was whether jonathan davenport was replacing sheppy in the blue one car so i thought that was a pretty funny one that uh jd was actually telling me at a speed or not speed week charlotte that he got a call from his car owner saying hey you got something to tell me so that was kind of the one of the funniest ones and that brandon Shepard was just sick and tired driving for mark
1: yeah i don't i don't see that ever happening i just think uh Jeffy is the perfect fit for the whole situation. He's probably the most level-headed racer that I know. Never gets too high, never gets too low, and, and doesn't let anyone know. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be interesting if they swapped or something like that <laughs> happened. But uh, I think Mark's got a good. He's got a good seat, and uh, he'd be he'd be crazy to let him go right now.
0: One of the key things that popped out this past weekend was dirt racing at Charlotte. They're planning on doing a super late model race. I don't know how that's gonna affect your schedule but a famous track like that i think it's another opportunity for us dirt late models to get that national attention i think it could be a pretty good deal
1: is it at bristol yeah bristol Bristol. what weekend
0: i do not know i think it's like in april sometimes right now as it stands you guys are supposed to be racing at uh brownstown and uh atomic that weekend i believe maybe it might be in march actually
1: is it an Outlaws race or UMP or what is it? No, they
0: haven't said any sanction yet on it.
1: Huh. Well, I don't know. Yeah, you never know. It's uh I'd like to go, but maybe uh maybe it's in the best that we don't go. I don't really know. I but, guess we'll just have to see when we get closer. Yeah, you don't you probably don't remember
0: them racing there in two thousand that Dale McDowell one. They had a hundred and seventy eight cars for that event and they were going so fast. I looked it up. The fastest average time was hundred and twenty five miles per hour in qualifying. It was it was pretty rad to see and that place was pretty packed for a dirt late model race.
1: Yeah, that's, that's quick. That's big. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've never raced on it. You think some big tracks would suck and then some are really good. So it's hard to say, but no, that's definitely a, there's a speed factor there. So we might have to brace our stuff up a little bit more.
0: Of course, our favorite segment that we do every single time before the interview is Berkey of the week. Turbo, I let you go first every time. What's yours, bud?
1: Mine's going to be Smokey. He's back in his own team. He's hot. Like when Smokey wins, he gets on hot streaks. And I think he kind of showed that at Bulls Gap, Passing Scott, Strickler and all them guys, and really just kind of dominate the end of that race there. McIntosh got close to the end, but, uh, you know, I think he had a lot left in the tank. So Madden, uh, he's been on kill the last month, you know, I bet he definitely doesn't want this off season, but, uh, you know, he lives down by the Dryden series. So he can, he can pretty much race all winter, I would imagine. And I'm sure he will. So I'd say Chris Madden still got a, you know, a couple wins left this year as many as many weekends as there is for the years over. I think he uh, definitely has the best chance to score a win every weekend uh, leading up to the new year.
0: And one funny thing with that is 2019 he had so much success there in that Bloomquist car and everybody thought, you know what? Maybe this is the year that Chris Madden becomes driver of the year and no bones about it he kind of had a down year all the way up until here the final month so to see him bounce back i think he's gonna ha- he's gonna be very confident going into 2021
1: yeah definitely but you know like you said it, it i mean he set himself up the same way in the bloomquist car so that's what i mean Racing's so weird it's so humbling you can be you can be the man one weekend and sucks the next four months so that's uh that's something that you all gotta try to you know overcome and be aware of but i think uh You know, the way he's doing it right now is he's setting himself up to be the most successful in his own eyes. So I don't see him slowing down too much. You know, if he picks and chooses and runs his own schedule like he's doing, I think he'll have a really good uh, 2021.
0: My Berkey of the Week is kind of kind of funny. The Rev is my Berkey of the Week. The personalized video messages from the stars of motorsports. A lot of mixed reviews on this thing. A lot of people are charging a lot of money. I'm only charging 10 bucks for my videos. Cause I feel like, you know what, if somebody really wants the video, just text me and I'll give you a video. What is Tyler Irv's thought on this thing? Or have you even paid much
1: attention to it? Uh, I mean, all I do, I haven't really gotten crazy about it, but I think, uh, you know, I think it's cool for sure. That's a you know, it's a way for a guy to make a couple of, you know, a couple hundred bucks a week or whatever. And, uh, that's definitely something that a lot of people, you know, right now when they're not racing like that extra little bit of money could mean a lot. And then for the fans that, uh, really want to, you know, be a part of something and meet their favorite driver or whatever, their favorite announcer, Mike Norris from Falls, It's just hard to, like, it's hard to do that. I don't know if it's, you know, some people are just intimidated by the fact of walking up to somebody and saying it. So maybe it's another option for someone to meet someone they really want to meet or talk to, or, you know, send a video to their buddies that, of someone they hate or I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ways you could look at it, but I think it's, I, I think it's funny because we're almost like cam girls now. Like we're, we're all just cam girls glorified. We can, what do you want? We'll do it. You know, it's kind of like we have no shame. Like we'll do whatever to make a little bit of money.
0: <laughs> it's almost like only fans for uh dirt track racing in my eyes.
1: Yeah. exactly. Yeah. We, we have an only fan account pretty much.
0: And I'm looking here on the website. You're 60 bucks. You're in the middle of the road here. I think Scott Bloomquist. he's like worth over like $100. And I want to say, as I'm typing here, that he is charging for a 30-minute or 10-minute Zoom call for $1,000. That's 10 minutes with Scott That's Bloomquist. Right. You can have a lot of shit go wrong in that time.
1: <laughs> he's worth it. I mean, I guess it's like, I mean, it's it's what you want. If somebody thinks he's worth 1000 bucks, just like buying a door or something, I mean. You know what's it worth to you any I mean you can't put a price tag on your time, and his time's apparently a thousand ten minutes, so he's worth ten thousand an hour or six thousand an hour. I'm sorry I'm a off, but that's pretty impressive if I'm ever worth six thousand an hour i uh I probably will be a different person
0: <laughs> well, one person that didn't cost six thousand dollars an hour was our interview this week Austin Kirkpatrick, of course, his own chassis builder went to Florida smart guy he was probably one of my favorite interviews we ever done he was just. He was very honest, he had a good perspective on the sport that maybe we don't see from a you know a lower budget driver like that.
1: yeah, I like talking to him just because he reminds me of like a like when you talk to somebody and you think that they're smarter than you or they think they're smarter than you like I'm not saying this is the case, but like it just I like talking to people that are on a different wavelength than me like i'm I'm like a middle of the pack, mellow, and I feel like he's like in space counting numbers doing crazy shit and like i like talking to people like that you know what i mean like it's just you can tell when people kind of think on a different spectrum than you do and he's definitely one of those people <laughs> yeah. and, and obviously he's he's got a cool car and you know he gets a lot of attention so he's definitely doing something right good publicity bad publicity it's all good right
0: yeah he was very humble yeah bad pr is better than no pr
1: that's right that's right
0: well here's our guest austin Kirkpatrick. he was a joy to have here he is Joining us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is University of Florida grad, chassis builder, and wheelman, Austin Kirkpatrick. First off, Austin, how does it feel to be faster than Brandon Overton?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I'm about halfway through the uh, the 2020 uh, Best Driver of the Year video. I see he's third, and I beat him that one time, so I'm I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to be either second or first on this video, but um, I haven't got to the end
0: yet. How the hell did you decide to come up with your own chassis? Take us through that process from the beginning?
2: Um, so basically um, I, I i figured out a long time ago that uh, the race car is has a lot more impact on the overall performance of the team than the driver does <clears throat> so um, you know there's a lot of examples of of guys having world beating seasons and then changing rides and going and having a very average season the next because they they changed cars they changed teams et cetera. um and then people getting it you know people that have that look like they're having an average season going from one car to another and instantly becoming much much more successful than they were and so it's pretty obvious to me that the car has a much bigger impact on the success uh, as opposed to the driver um and so for me to feel you know so with that in mind, I, I kind of started putting my eggs more so in the, the race car design and the chassis design basket, so that I, I could be more successful long term. And basically, um, yeah, I'm a pretty underfunded guy relative to some of these other teams. And I wanted to, I wanted to compete at the highest level, as opposed to being a you know big fish in a small pond. I'd rather be a, you know try to be a, a small small fish in a big pond, but um, be successful in that pond nonetheless. Um, and so I figured the best way to do that wasn't, wasn't to try to figure out a way to outdrive a Brandon Overton, a Brandon Shepard, Scott Bloomquist, all these guys that have been doing it for a long time and are extremely talented drivers. But, um, I figured I might be able to think outside the box and, um, come up with some creative solutions that may give me an advantage over some of these other guys.
0: Hey, Austin, you would like this because I texted Turbo earlier this week and I said, Who do you want on the podcast? And he said, Austin Kirkpatrick. Didn't even think about it. So, Turbo, what do you want? What do you got for him?
1: I mean, besides your own car, obviously, I I like, I watch all the videos and I keep up with things. And it was funny the night that you wanted Cherokee. I was texting Overton and I was like, What about the 11s on the pole? And I know of you just because of, uh, uh, Trey. Isn't it Trey that helps then uh, Dog and and Strickler. That's the reason. Yeah, I yeah, me and, Trey,
2: me and Trey have been buddies for a while. Yeah.
1: Well, I I like knew of you because of that, and like I've watched a couple nights and races, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's fast. And like your car obviously has a totally different um, look and just the way it goes around the racetrack. Like to me, it never gets sideways, and it never, it, it it honestly looks like a slot car. Like when it's in the right condition and when it's really fast. So. It just, it, like, amazes me. Well, anyways, the night that you were there at Cherokee and you won, I was texting Brandon, and I was like, what about the 11 car? And he was like, I'm telling you, this motherfucker's going to win tonight. And I was like, what do you think? He's like, I'm telling you, dude. Like, we, I." he was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good, but I just, I don't know. And uh, sure enough, I watched the video, and, like, you stroked him. So, like, the whole next week, I kept calling him and messing with him, and I looked at all the pictures of your cars on uh on Dirt on Dirt and stuff, and, like, it just kind of blows my mind that, that your car goes around the racetrack the way it does because it, it doesn't look like any other race car. So what I'm getting at is what, I mean, you said the car is the main thing and that's the, what you're putting your eggs into. So what do you think the dynamics of your car makes it better or worse or what is the strong point that, that you're looking for that you think another car, you know, that, that we just have to make up for as a driver? Like what are you focusing on to make your car better? Well,
2: um, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of things, and I'm I'm not going to get into too much detail on all of the things that I'm doing differently. But I mean, um, basically the the whole idea from the start was, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a blank sheet of paper. I'm gonna start with a blank computer screen, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna build this car like I think it should be built. And if it doesn't make sense to me, it's not going on the car. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things I feel like that are on current cars that have just been there for 30, 40 years and nobody's looked at. And the reason it's on there is because it's been on there for 30, 40 years. And, you know, why change it? If it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Um, so in doing that, um, there's a lot of things that I've done that I've kind of tweaked around. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not even saying that I'm a hundred percent correct on everything that I've done. I mean, that if, if I was, I'd be winning every race instead of just one race. Um, I think there's definitely conditions where, uh, my car seems to be better than others, and there's definitely conditions that um, it seems that other cars are better than mine. Um, I mean, it, you, you can't take anything away from, from Brandon Overton on that one night. He won three World Outlaw races in a row, and then he, he doesn't, doesn't beat me. And then he goes on, and everything every race since then, he's outrun me at. So um, there I think um, some of the things I did on my car, I still have to work on. Um, i i built it kind of the, the whole the whole purpose for built for building the car to begin with was um i wanted to win the world 100 so um i went to that race in 2017 and sat in the grandstands and was just enamored by the atmosphere the energy um and just how cool of a race that was and i'm like man i want to come i, I want to come win this race and that was kind of the inspiration behind the car to begin with so um, I kind of I kind of built this car with that in mind, so there's, there's things about it that I feel like are going to be better on a bigger, high-speed kind of track like Eldora, as opposed to, you know, I don't think this car would be necessarily too good at the Dome. Um, but, uh, you know, Brandon and a lot of these other guys seem to have packages that really work um, well across a broad spectrum of racetracks, and, um, you know, right now it seems like my car is good sometimes and not good sometimes, so... Um, everything in racing is kind of a compromise and so
1: what car do you think I mean you built your own car and I know you had a Barry Wright originally from what I've seen kind of heard what car do you think is the best car you know excluding yours I mean just flat out if you were going to go buy a car, I know that's not what you're doing but if you were going to go buy a car what is the best car in your eyes
2: um I mean to me it seems that both the Rockets and the Longhorns are pretty uh, pretty consistently up front across both series. Um, I'm not going to pick one or the other. It just kind of depends on what I was going to try to race, um, what tracks I was going to try to race at. It um, seems like each one kind of has, you know, each one's kind of better at certain scenarios. Um, and, it, it, you know, if it was up to me and I was just going to just buy a car and go race, um, it would it, it would basically be a decision that I would make based on who I felt like I could get the most customer support from and who I felt like at the time had the best package going.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. So if there was 10 AK, AK model T's out there, five on each series, do you think that they could win the championship?
2: Um, I mean, it depends on who was driving them. Um, But I think they would be, uh,
1: I mean, just take your top, you can pick five guys. You can give Jimmy one Overton Shepard chase whoever i mean if you feel like if you put, yeah. yeah if you put i'd really like into, the
2: hope though so. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah i'd right. really like i'd really like the hope so if you put those guys in it uh i you know i think they'd be have as good a shot as anybody um i think you know it's it's good enough i mean it's not ever terrible but the one when the conditions favor it i feel like it's it's got some definite advantages over other cars so i would like to think that if you put you know put some of these really high-level guys in there that they'd be able to win a championship in it. Wow.
0: Yeah, I was at Charlotte this year, and obviously you were fast and qualifying in the heat races, and you had that bad luck there on the second night where you didn't make the start time or whatever. I'm not sure exactly what happened. But yeah. people are constantly talking about your car and how it looks, and even Turbo mentioned it. it kind of looks like a slot car. How nervous do you get when you go through tech, or you're just like, you know what, this thing's legal? <laughs>
2: Well, it's kind of been surprising to me exactly how much attention it's gotten just from winning one Carolina Clash race and winning a heat race at Charlotte. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's you know, a pretty, uh, pretty small list of accomplishments. But um, going through Tech hasn't—I I don't really get too nervous about because um, I've made a pretty, pretty strong point to make sure that this thing is more within the rules than other cars um there's you know, lots of rules that are currently in the rule book that aren't enforced that cars aren't legal by that my car is legal by um just because I know how different it is um I didn't want to give any of the officials any freebies to say oh, okay well yeah this is this technically is in the gray area this technically isn't in the rules but you did this so we're still going to throw you out and obviously I don't have enough experience or clout or you know reputation in any of these series to have you know any political poll, so it'd be pretty easy for one of these series just say get out of here you're causing too much of a ruckus
0: there's been a topic of discussion here the last few years and you kind of mentioned it earlier to turbo when he asked his question is that what percentage is it driver and what percentage is it is it of race car do you believe
2: um if i had to put a number on it i'd say 70 30 um i don't think that um, having the best driver in the world in a bad car is going to make or break, or is going to allow you to win races. Like if you put Brandon Overton in a complete piece of junk, he's not going to go win. Um, but if you put one of the worst drivers in the best car, he's still going to run halfway decent as long as he doesn't tear anything up. So I, if I had to put a number on, I'd say seventy thirty. Um, I'd probably say 60-40 on dirt and then maybe closer to like 25-75 on like a pavement light model or something.
0: So is this a false statement then? When I say, for example, Tyler Herb's a wheel man, that's not true then because it's mostly the race car.
2: <laughs> I mean, you can still be a wheel man and have a good race car. I mean, that's what kind of separates the, the top, top teams from the middle tier teams is, you know, not only do they have the best, not only do they have the best equipment, but they also have some of the best drivers. So when you get to the really, really top levels, Um, everything counts. It's not, you know, it's not all, you know, there's, like I said, they still think there's 30 to 40% of its driver. Um, and so if you are only bringing 20% of that equation to the table with as as far as driving, you're going to be, you know, at a massive disadvantage. So.
0: All right, Turbo, you go.
1: Okay. So next year, 2021, you said something about your car may not be legal depending on on the rules if they change them. I mean, what is your goals realistically? Obviously everyone wants to win certain races, but you know, I think at Charlotte. That was, well, I think, okay, this is a personal opinion, but it's Cherokee at the outlaw race. That was supposed to be like, your coming out party. Like you beat Brandon at the clash race. And it's basically the same cars that show up. And like, I don't know if it was a lot of pressure or whatever, but like in qualifying, you made one really good lap and kind of messed it up in the second lap, got botched. But like, what is your goals? I mean, obviously, people know who you are, and they pay attention just because your car is so much different and everything else, and I mean, I like it. I, I posted that picture under your left rear someone had that I was trying to sell tires, and, like, no one even wanted to buy tires. They just want to talk about your car. So, like, obviously, mm-hmm. you got everyone's attention, so what is your goals for 2021? I mean, do you want to win five races, ten races, a Lucas race, you know, do this, do that, go to Eldora finally and, you know, make something happen. Like, what is your goals for next year? yeah I'd
2: say uh the goals for next year is win one race the world one hundred and pretty much do whatever is required or whatever we can do um to pr- position ourselves to do that so um I'm not gonna go you know race a uh, you know five thousand dollar race at some racetrack that has zero resemblance or zero notes that we can gather that doesn't you know push ourselves towards that goal so um that's you know like I said earlier, the the inspiration for building this car was wanting to win that big race. and would be like, you know, winning the Super Bowl, um or the the masters in golf or whatever in whatever sport. It's just, you know, it's it's the it's the, the crown jewel in dirt late model racing. And so um yeah, that that's that's kind of what the goal was when whenever I built the car and that's that's still gonna be what the goal is. Um obviously if we're able to do that, um, you would think that there'd be some wins racked up along the way. Um, we're not just going to go out and test for six months until the World 100. I mean, obviously, part of that component is going to be me being able to hold the steering wheel good enough to get to the end of 100 laps and you know beat everybody else. Um, so I'm going to have to get a little bit of experience because I'm definitely lacking in that department. Um, but that's that's going to be the number one goal. I want to win that race. Um, obviously, no no small small task and it's a lot easier said than done. Um, but, you know, got to shoot for the stars and hopefully, uh, you know, have some things go your way and work hard and maybe it'll happen.
1: Wow.
0: I talked to Ben Shelton before this interview. I'm like, hey, is there anything you want to ask Austin Kirkpatrick? And he said, ask him if he likes to stir the pot a little bit. And after that comment of you saying, you know what, my big goal this year of 2021 is to win the World 100 now, don't get me wrong. Anybody who's going to listen to this podcast might just laugh and shrug it off. But you really do think if you have the right pieces for this car and how fast it's been in open air that you have a chance to win it.
2: Um, I mean, um, I would hope so. I mean, it's uh, you know, somebody's got to win, and um, you know, we've from from the last probably two and a half, three years is that's been pretty much the the primary goal, and we've been working as hard as we can trying to you know build you know figure this thing out build as much speed as we can into it and um you know it's been it's been a really fun experience so far a lot of people um you know I've kind of gotten to see some of the sides of the sport that I was never really exposed to um like how how great some of the dirt racing fans are and after winning that race at Cherokee I got to see you know an outpouring of support for what I was doing and that was it was really humbling for me, because to me, it was just, you know, cool, I want a Carolina class race, but like Turbo was saying earlier, how many people pay attention because the car is so different, and it seems just kind of like there's a little bit of a lack of what I'm trying to do as far as, you know, build your own car and go do it the way I'm doing it, um, and so to see the outpouring of support's been really cool, and I've gotten <clears throat> a lot of calls and a lot of texts from people that I really look up to, and that, that part's been really cool as well, and, you know, getting to do stuff like this, be on your guys' podcast, and yeah, you know, it's it's been really cool for me, and I'm appreciative of, of of all the support that I've gotten for what I'm trying to do, and I just hope that I can you know keep doing it, keep uh, you know making people proud, and and you know hopefully uh, making the sport a little bit better
0: placed. That's why I was going to ask you. Next question is, who do you look up to in dirt late model racing? Who is some of the guys you admire in this sport?
2: Yeah, I mean, of course, uh, Derek Kessinger, yeah, okay. guys like that. I really, really look up to. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, I've being being kind of technical like I am, um, and you know, kind of engineering minded per se, uh, I've got a lot of respect and looked up to Kevin Rumley for a long time. Um, me and and he's he lives kind of in my area of, of North Carolina, and so we've we've kind of touched base and we've become kind of friends, and that's been really cool for me. Somebody that I've looked up to for a long time. Um, and then you know, there's obviously lots of drivers that I look up to: Overton, Shepard. I mean, all these top guys I've I've grown up you know watching and you know, following run all around the country. And, you know, I've I've got, you know, it's been cool for me. I've got t-shirts of a lot of these guys that, you know, come up to me at some of these races and, you know, tell me that they support what I'm doing. That that, All that's been really, really cool. Um, And, I mean, I really don't, you know, I don't have any one person per se that I really, really, you know, idolize. But um, I guess just a general um, admiration for a lot of the people that have been successful in the sport.
0: Turbo?
1: Um, you definitely have a more, like, I would say educated approach, it sounds like, than most people that race and most people that are around. And that's another reason I think you get more attention, just, you know, the witty comments and, you know, it's not even cocky, I don't think, because I feel like I'm I'm not the sharpest person around, but I, I'm i like a little bit more, I don't want to say I'm more educated than anybody in real life or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, you, you come from a you know went to college did everything built your own stuff so you're very technical and into it as far as that goes so like when you show up to a race and you're you know your your goals and everything you're talking about like do you feel like you have it down to a science or you're trying to to an extent um
2: yeah i mean i'd like to think so i mean whenever we get to the racetrack it's just like everybody else it's just a complete cluster or you know shit's breaking left and right and we're thrashing to get everything together to go on the racetrack. It's not it's definitely not as a uh, fine tuned of a uh, racing program as I'd like. Um, I mean, I tell people that we're pretty much a street stock team that's trying to run, you know, win world outlaw and Lucas races. Um, but luckily for me, uh, metal tubing isn't that expensive and uh, YouTube's free and the internet's free. Um, it's kind of one of the misconceptions is that I'm I'm an engineer. It's actually not even true. I, I went to UF and tried to be an engineer and, and ended up switching over to business school because I, I wasn't able to manage the engineering course load and race at the same time. Um, and so most of my, my learning and education, if you want to say it that way, has been just, you know, kind of uh, being inquisitive and looking up looking up things on the internet, looking up YouTube videos, um, reading different vehicle dynamics books, reading, you know, aerodynamic books. I mean, there's, there's plenty of material. And for about 50 bucks, you could, you could learn as, or you could have access to as much material as I have. I think it's just kind of a a mentality thing. Um, A lot of people have kind of gotten into the mentality the last probably decade or two that, you know, there's, Um, The only way to go fast is just to buy your speed, Um, and that that was never really an option for me, and so I kind of had to, you know, look at other ways of trying to, you know, increase my performance abilities, and so, you know, to me, it seemed pretty logical just to try to educate and learn what I could about the vehicle side of, of things and do what I could to give myself an advantage there to hopefully set myself up for some success.
1: Hell yeah! Okay, my last question: Who has the best car and not the thirty percent to drive it in your mind?
2: Say that so again. Who has,
1: who has the best seventy percent race car or sixty and not the forty percent to drive it in your eyes? This is gonna hurt somebody's feelings, so that's why I like that. Oh Adam.
2: man, that's that's putting me
1: on a spot. That's Just say turbo. You can say that.
2: No, he's pretty good. Um, uh, that's tough. They
1: don't even. Have- that they don't have it but like like who do you think has the best car like okay I'll tell you the one person I think has probably one of the top five race cars every night I mean this is a personal opinion like I honestly think Ricky Weiss's car is one of the fastest cars every night and I think he doesn't know and it's not bad like he's not going to tear his car up he's never going to take a chance and he's going to win races and he's super fast but like I think his car is like very 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 good most of the night and and like he runs second, third a lot. And I'm like, man, if that guy would just like do something a little bit over the edge, I think it would like, like he would win 20 races a year, you know? And I'm not, I mean, I, I might be completely wrong, but like in my eyes just watching his car and the nights when he just like dominates at Smoky mountain and places like that, I'm like, Holy shit. Like I never feel like my car is that good, you know, per se. in that, that particular day and time, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of people I think that have really good cars and it's like, if, you know you you hate to say like, oh overton drove it or shepherd drove it i'm i mean i'm not saying that like he just he does a good job but like i think his car has the capability of winning 30 40 races a year and he kind of has his own little program you know you don't really know what he's doing kind of like yourself so that's what i'm at
2: well i i've got a pretty easy answer to this one and it's a little bit cocky and it's a little bit self-deprecating at the same time i think the answer to that one's me <laughs> I think I've probably got the best car and, uh, probably have the, uh, leaving the most on the table on the 40% driver side of it. I mean, I've only raced probably, um, probably 15 times, less than 15 times in the last three or four years. So, um, there's no way that I could possibly be up to snuff in the seat. Um, but I think that the car that I've got is making up for a lot of it. And hopefully I can kind of just build on that experience a little bit, get a little bit better there so that I'm not much, not much of a liability anymore.
1: Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> How surreal was it to get a phone call from uh CJ last week? I know he's kind of the godfather of designing race cars and you're kind of this new blood coming into the twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one season. That had to be pretty surreal getting a call from him.
2: Oh yeah, it was really cool. I mean I get this this call, this caller ID from Indiana and I'm like, I have probably some spam and then some some old guy answers and said, Hey Austin, this is CJ Rayburn and I'm like, Are you kidding me? Um and you know it was he he, he and Mikey Marler are, are obviously very good friends and have a long history together and I guess Mike was uh you know Mike was uh telling CJ about my car um because me and Mike had been talking uh at the last few races and so CJ gave me a call and we chatted about some things and you know it was, it was really cool to, to hear from him and you know hear that he supports what I'm doing and you know, thinks that, you know, what I'm doing is, is cool and necessary in the sport. Um, it was pretty funny. Um, I was telling him about some of the things I was doing and he's like, well, Austin, it sounds like you're really using your head. Um, what are, uh, what are you, what are you doing on the right rear? I'm like, Oh, well, I'm pretty standard on the right rear. I got a, got a four link on the right rear with the you know spring and shock in front. And like, like everybody else He's like, well, you didn't use your head that much then.
0: <laughs> that is Wing all arm. That is awesome. And I feel like you're making this last-ditch effort. You're like one of the last nomads that are trying to catch up with using t- their brain and using their own technology. Because in this sport, I think more and more it's all about the money for the most part to get the best top-of-the-line equipment. Do you feel that pressure maybe a little bit that you're kind of like this last hurrah, last you know, ditch effort to do something with a smaller budget? Um, I
2: don't know if pressure is necessarily the right word. I do, I do get a little bit of inspiration from that for sure. Um, I mean, kind of a, a secondary goal of this whole thing was to show people, like, hey, it's this. We don't have these things figured out. Um, it, there's not an insurmountable um, technology or engineering or financial gap that, you know, that exists between the top teams and the lower teams. Um, if I can go out and show people like, hey, I can go out here and win World of Outlaw or Lucas or whatever races with a car that I literally built in my garage. I ordered tubes from Stock Car Steel here in Mooresville and you know, built a race car in my, my shop with 10-year-old shocks and cheap willwood brakes and went out there and and won races with it then to me that shows people like hey like maybe i can do it too and i think there's a lot of people that are kind of sitting on the sidelines right now that are discouraged thinking that if they don't have two full-time engineers a pull down rig 16 spring smashers in their trailer every shock brand known to man also in the trailer that they don't stand a snowball's chance at hell of competing and so that, to me, has been, you know, something that I've kind of wanted to help disprove, to t- help, you know, make the sport a little bit better and get uh, more people involved. Because I think, you know, that's something that's definitely necessary.
0: And I'm going to ask Turbo this. You hear that re- you hear that answer. What's your response? Because you're more perceived as a higher budget team. It may not be the case, but you got the spring smashers. You're doing all this stuff. You're buying a whole bunch of tires. What's like your response to that saying, you know what, maybe we kind of need to reassess our situation a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with what he's saying. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm, you know, Sheppy or Overton-level Jimmy at this point in time, but I feel like, you know, I've been racing since I was 15, 16. You know, from my own personal view, like, I mean, my mom and dad, they couldn't tell you the first thing about a late model, and I catch a lot of flack for people saying, oh, your mom and dad did this and that and blah, blah, fucking blah. Like, I hate hearing that because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, if your parents, are successful at a fucking tire shop you know that's what they know how to do that's what they do and like the the small success that i've had racing is you know i mean i don't want to take all the you know take all the uh i guess what would that be take all the recognition for it but when i drove the 91 car i mean i had colby who i mean he has a black widow spider tattoo on his leg <laughs> and i had you know just here hitting miss crew guys like a lot of that stuff is just knowledge that you learn from being around people and trial and error and you know, doing basically what Austin's doing. So it's not, it's not all about the money. I mean, you can get, I mean, I think a perfect example is I've heard this from a lot, a lot of people like Don O'Neill shows up with a suitcase, gets in it and drives it. And, you know, he just tells you what he thinks, tight or loose, fix it. And, you know, I think there's a lot of racers that have had success doing that. Um, you know, John Blankenship's people like that, but the people that separate themselves, the Overton's, Jimmy's, you know, Sheppy, they're, they're very smart too. And they've, trialed and aired and you know tested and done everything you need to do whether their budget was a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand you know so it's it's not all about the money it, it really isn't it it's really about who is dedicated and who wants to work and you know if a guy doesn't think that he can go race lucas because he doesn't drive for somebody i mean that's that's not true at all i mean i did it for two years and didn't have the first bit of sponsorship and my parents definitely did give me everything i needed to go race but it's not like i had seven motors and it wasn't like walking into the Rocket One shop. I mean, I had two cars, two motors, and you know, I just made smart decisions. And it's you know that's that's why I enjoy watching what Austin does because it's not even that he's winning every race or whatever. But it's like he is fast, and when you can log on and say, "Who the fuck is this guy that just won tonight?" That's when it's like, okay, that's cool. And then, like me, I read into it and I try to find out as much as I can about that person because obviously they're they're taking a different approach, and those are the people in in any kind of industry that'll be the most successful. So, I mean, if, if it, if you think that it's about the budget, then you're, you are totally wrong in my mind. I mean, obviously it's not a broke broke man's sport, but you have to, you have to, you know, sit in your shop and look at a body for two hours and say, man, I wonder if we move this, if that's better. And, you know, try to do your research or, I mean, my favorite thing to do is screenshot cars, the 11, the 76, whatever, and just mimic it. I mean, monkey see monkey do sometimes, like he said, for 30 years, people haven't changed stuff because that's just the way it is. So if you know the Owen, John Owenby, I think his name. He races in like voids and stuff. Like if you ever look at his car, like it's wild looking the body and things like that. So, um, you know, you have to pay attention to other things. It's, it's more about the people that are in place. You can have all the money in the world and never hit a lick just because, you know, you don't, you don't get it, you know? So I think, uh, I think that the budget, what he's saying is true. And, um, you know, that kind of shows because there's a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of racers and time that have spent a lot of money that, you know, have never, never sit on the stage anywhere. So I think uh, everything that he's saying is uh, 100% true. All
0: right. We got two more quick hitters here. Austin, I know you said you wanted to go race at Eldora. Is there any other track that it's on your bucket list? Um,. <laughs>
2: Berry Barry seems pretty cool. I'm not sure my car would be, well, I mean, I think my car actually would be pretty decent if I could uh, get the bottom going there, but Berry Barry seems like a really cool track. Um, I 80 seems really cool. Knoxville seems really cool. I mean, there, a lot of these, a lot of these bigger, faster racetracks seem, seem, uh, enticing to me. Um, I, I definitely want to, you know, knock some of these race races off on the bucket list next year. Um, especially, uh, you know, if we, um, if we get going pretty early in the year and, you know, I think, uh, I, I think I would, uh, definitely want to make some trips to those places specifically.
0: You mentioned that you were watching the driver of the year video at dirt on dirt. Who do you think should have been driver of the year? We've had a lot of uh, feedback on social media, Shepard Owens or Overton. Who do you think should have been number one this year?
2: Um, I'm a pretty big Brandon Overton fan. Um, you know he's a he's a real genuine guy and um, what he did this year um to me was was probably the most impressive just bouncing around doing um doing his own little tour and winning as many races as he did in the fashion that he did um to me I'd probably give him the nod i know it was a real tight race um I didn't really keep up too much with the uh the world of outlaws and the lucas um you know that the 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 week to week stuff and so it's, you know I might be I might be wrong on that. You know, what, what over, or what, uh, Shepard and what, uh, Owens did might have been more impressive. But I just didn't watch that much. But, you know, obviously those guys had fantastic seasons also. So I think it's a, a pretty tight race, um, between those three, but I'd give it to, uh, I'd give it over to him.
0: Last question is we do this for every guest that comes on the show. We're trying to make Turbo the best driver possible, which apparently now is just, you just need to, we just need an AK race car to make him fast. But you've seen him race over the years. You've seen hmm. him at- speed weeks and stuff like that what does turbo need to work on what's he good at give him a letter grade in racing because we want him to win the national championship in 2021 so give us a little driver assessment of tyler no holds bar either please (laughs) well i mean there's
2: no doubt that whenever whenever the track's in kind of a get after it kind of condition that he's as good as anybody um i mean you know, kind of, kind of help four type race tracks and tracks where you really got to get up on the wheel and, and, and hustle that thing around the cushion. I think, uh, you know, like I said, he's as good as anybody else in the country. Um, I haven't, um, and you know, I could be totally off base here, but I haven't seen, you know, him go out there and win a big race, um, running on the bottom or running through the middle of the racetrack with a real, real straight kind of finesse type, um, driving style. Um, so I guess if I had to, critique one thing granted you know i'm uh, probably not the the most or the uh, the best person to ask this question but i think that probably being as good as you can in those kind of conditions as well um would probably be uh helpful and uh yeah other than that i mean if i uh, if i was going to uh go into fairbury or some of these other kind of racetracks that require you know somebody to get up on the cushion i'd you know give them a call and tell them to uh
0: well turbo has to finish your race it. at fairbury first so
1: Banned. Banned. Uh, won't
0: dude. be race for a while can we uh can we start a rumor that uh turbo's getting an a k race car? We'll just get the internet going. Yeah.
2: One. <laughs> yeah, your check just got here, so i'll I'll get I'll get the order the metal ordered, so we'll we'll get working on it
0: next week. <laughs> hey, turbo, you got any last uh, ending thoughts here?
1: No, nah, keep digging. I hope you come to Brunswick. I think Brunswick you would dig an eleven that's all, and I call her an a k forty seven that's just. I think it's a way better. Your number should be 47 because then it could be an AK 47. That would be awesome. That's just my personal thought.
2: Yeah. Trey, Trey said, uh, <laughs> he said that you're pretty adamant about the AK 47 thing. If 47 <laughs> was a better number, like if the four, four and the seven lined up a little better and it wasn't just such an ugly number, I'd, I'd consider it, but um, it's just, I don't know. I I can't think of any cars in, in my memory that I, I just can't think of any like good looking 47 fonts.
0: you know? True, true, true. Well, Austin, uh, thanks for taking time out of your day. Hopefully we can see you at Speedy Weeks. Get that car dialed in. Hopefully I'll get a, I'll send some calls to the National Touring Series and have them not switch any rules so you can come race with us in uh, February. Maybe you can pull off the upset, but thank, thanks again for taking time out of your day and have a good one, bud.
2: Hey, please do that, Derek. I appreciate you guys calling me, and I uh, appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come up uh, uh, come talk on your show. thanks a lot
0: breaking news right there Tyler you're maybe gonna get an a k chassis I mean that car looked fast sometimes this year. I mean, can we just announce it now, spill the beans or what?
1: Well, that's what I was saying when I said we had a bear frame sitting here he's uh it's not <laughs> like you can go and buy his stuff off the shelf, so we're slowly getting loads of parts in but uh yeah hes he's definitely got a nice car, and uh you know we're gonna dabble a. With- and see what we can do
0: and what i thought was pretty cool about the interview we can just recap it a little bit him his one goal is to win that world 100 he just became in love with that place when he went as a fan that's a pretty lofty goal but he is determined he said that if that's the only race he ever wins then he's fine with that it's just pretty crazy he has high expectations no doubt about it but just crazy that he wants to win that world 100 that bad
1: yeah that's a bold statement cotton bold statement but yeah i mean it- Hey, if you don't dream and you don't have goals, you're never going to achieve them. So he's obviously aiming pretty high and, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. A guy that, you know, just says, oh, I just want to show up to is never going to win. So it's, uh, you know, it's cool that he's dreaming like that and, you know, anything is possible. It's definitely something that we see week in and week out with uh, the cars and the luck that goes into it and everything that's part of it. So um, I definitely wouldn't take him off the table. He would be a, he'd definitely be a sleeper pick, but someone that. You know, it wouldn't shock me if it were to ever happen.
0: 32 days until the Wild West shootout. You haven't been there for a few years because you've been going to the land down under there in Australia. A, can you wait that long? Because 32 days is a long time for you not racing. And B, how excited and what's your expectations going out West?
1: Yeah, I think I'll make it. We got quite a bit of stuff to do here. And, you know, we'll kill a week for Christmas. We'll go do something else. So, really, we got about, you know, 22, 23 days. So, um, yeah, I'll make it time-wise. Uh, our, our expectations are obviously to go out there and win. That's that's the goal. Uh, Squirrel won three and Shep won three last year. And um, I've watched all the videos night in and night out. And I think, uh, you know, it's very possible. And a lot of the cars that were there in the past, Chase, uh, Ricky Weiss, Shep, Kate Dillard, guys like that aren't going to be there this year. So, It'll definitely be a little bit different crowd, I think, but I feel like the car count will probably still be the same, and you might get some more sleepers that you never really expected. Uh, i seen where Gordy was going yesterday on Facebook, and I was like, wow, I didn't know that, but, um, I mean, we want to go out there and win, and, uh, you know, it's just a great way to kick off our season. I like, I I always seem to run very well when we first kick off. I don't know if it's because I get it rid of all my bad habits, or (laughs) I just, you know, trying to prove, I don't know what it is, but. Uh, we seem to do really well in Florida and Georgia, and I don't think uh, anything will be different when we go to Arizona. So that's, that's our plan. You know, we want to go out there and get some bonus money and, you know, be really, really hot headed into uh, the Lucas races because that's, uh, that's what we're shooting for in 2021.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. Different racetrack, same event, but this is where you met the love of your life, right? That is indeed true. Uh, so I, I her special indeed, place in buddy. your heart then.
1: Yeah, it's it's a soft spot. The state of Arizona is good and bad, and uh, that is one good thing that has come out of it is uh, Caitlin, the CEO of Turbo Threads, has uh, that's where I met her, and uh, you know it'll be good to go home. She can visit her family and stuff, and you know if we leave with a quarter million dollars, I'm sure uh, it'd be really really good.
0: Does your po- podcast co-host get any of that cut or what?
1: It's uh, I'll buy I'll buy the night out Saturday Sunday when we leave there.
0: Perfect. But are you kind of excited too? Because we've always mentioned it. It's kind of like training camp for you and your race team. You're always racing in Australia. So it's not your own equipment to get stuff dialed in, combed over right before you go to speed weeks. Cause like you said, you've been doing very well here the last few years out in Florida.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, the Australia deal is definitely really good for me. Cause I can go race, uh, no pressure and things like that, but it does kind of, it's a different car. And I mean, it's all the same stuff, but it is a little bit different when you get back home. So I think uh, you know, they have a practice night before we get going, then we'll probably test one day up there, you know, midway through the week. So I feel like um, definitely by the Wednesday show, uh, we'll be, you know, one hundred and twenty percent. And I, I mean I expect to be hundred percent by the first Saturday show. So I'm uh yeah, I'm super, super excited and you know, I'll have a full crew, uh, you know, Randall and Corey, they've been working hard and we'll have, you know, all of our guns be loaded. I think uh my mom and dad and a lot of Friends and people from back home are coming, so it'll be it'll be a good week week and a half, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it.
0: We had drivers of the year. Brandon Shepard won it again. Turbo, what are your thoughts on the races of the year? What four or five do you think maybe are going to make the list? That thing comes out next week, so I just want to get your take on it. You watch dirt dirt on dirt more than anybody.
1: Oh, man, I don't know the best race of the year. I don't. I mean. I'm more of a finishes guy. Like there could be a 70 lap race and the first 50 suck. But if the last 20 are really good, that's what I look at. But it's hard to, for me, it's hard to separate finishes from races of the year. Like, I guess races would have to be the most leader changes and stuff. So I, I honestly don't know. Like I, I believe it or not, I watch every race, but like, I mean, it must be conceded or something, but like, I could care less. Like, like I watched the race at volunteer, like, Intimately, like I was into it, but then like I couldn't tell you nothing about it because I wasn't in it. Like, I guess I just watch myself and try to critique myself more than anything. So, I could tell you my top five races here just because that's the way I am. I guess I'm too selfish. I well, don't one of them
0: that you were involved in did make the cut. If you could guess which one
1: Backley, no doubt.
0: Beckley, and they're okay. There's two then,
1: okay. Beckley's one of them, and then the other one. Uh, well, the one at East Bay definitely would be a finish of the year because Overton passed me, I passed Overton. Ziegler passed me, I passed. I hit Ziegler because we had some <laughs> – well, there was a lot of crack made there. But that was a finish of the year. And then Overton passed me the last corner, which sucks. But maybe that one, I don't know.
0: That one is on the list too. So sneak peek for people, the East Bay one and the – what is it? US, US 100 or what is it called?
1: I don't know, dude. Just call it Beckley 100. <laughs> That was I,
0: sliders for days, and also you did make a moment this year too. If you could guess that one,
1: I wouldn't. I don't know what was it. you <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. That was a that was a crazy night. You had to be proud of me though, for me running my ass all the way to get you.
1: Yeah, no, you did. You definitely uh, you got the interview of the year. You were like, "Meet me down the road." I was like, "Fuck this place. I'm getting out of here." Blah blah, blah. and then you met me at the stop sign, and then, like, the best part about the whole deal is, like, 30 minutes later, my buddy Kyle was like, I don't know I'm telling you. Like, they're calling the cops and shit. Like, you gotta come back. I was like, listen, dude, I'm not coming back. Like, I've been to jail at a racetrack before. I know how it works. Like, the best thing you can do in this situation is head to Ohio. Until the cops show up there, I'm not going to jail tonight for something silly. And I... And I, uh, yeah.
0: I want to say, like, during that interview, Bobby Pierce had, like, a million people behind his pits. There was, like, seven or eight... Tyler Erb fans on the road after the interview going crazy after you got done with us. That was pretty funny too. Something that a lot of people didn't see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, listen, it is what it is. I'm not saying it's nothing like that. will ever happen again, but I think uh, everybody that's watched it, been a part of it, said something about it, you know, it's something they'll never forget. And really that's, you know, that's a good or bad thing in life. You know, people don't remember shit that sucks. People remember cool things or crazy things. And, you know, I'm definitely not, the proudest of the whole moment i wish it could win a little bit different but i think dirt late moderation as a whole should send both of us a christmas card and say thank you for giving them something exciting you know on august 31st that year
0: yes exactly and um there's like do i need to start making sure to say free turbo there's no way you're are you really gonna be suspended for a year
1: man i sure hope not i don't know i need to do my anger management class um
0: do you want me to take it for you
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you would, I don't know. I'll probably do it over Christmas just because i have six days sitting there, but I would hope not, especially if they're having two dreams and worlds. But, um, I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone's ever had a sentence, uh, you know, cut short with the WRG. So I don't know, man, maybe that's what I'll get for Christmas this year. That would be really awesome if they would you know, let me off the hook. Um, I missed a lot of races at the end of the year that I would have liked to go to. And, you know, I'm, a. Uh, I'm a changed man, and I don't uh, I don't condone any of that. So I really hope that they take that into consideration, and I can be there sooner than later.
0: All right, Suave's to do list this Christmas season: write a letter to Santa saying free turbo and get it trending on Twitter, and beg them for letting you coming back because we need to win a World One Hundred. This team, me and you, we got to win. Well, I guess the world you'll be able to race.
1: Yeah, I think the world is the cutoff before the world. I should be good, but I mean, there's a lot of good races. PDC cedar lake obviously and then uh you know the dream if they have two dreams that would be that'd be really cool to be a part of that but hey you know you never know and uh you know we're gonna keep digging with or without and uh you know you just find out in time i guess
0: you're the man turbo thanks for everything have a good holiday we will see you in 30 days i'm not sure if we'll be able to get another suave talk podcast in but then when we go to florida we'll have the full-on gear there we can get a bunch of interviews stocked up can't wait man
1: That's right. See you. Thanks, man.